is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a platform where legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories on how they achieve stardom, hopefully inspiring you as a musician or a music lover, providing some insight on how to pave your own way in the music industry. On this episode, we had a chance to speak with Blanks over Zoom video. Blanks, born and raised in the Netherlands, he talks about that and how he got into music. Started off as a guitar player, ended up getting into more production and songwriting as he got older. Towards the end of high school and the beginning of college is when he started a YouTube channel where he would just do vlogs. I think it was called Simon Vlogs. He'd go on and just kind of chat and, and do challenges and different little things. He started to gain this quite a big following just off of his YouTube channel. So he decided, I, I'm into music. I want to try to recreate a song and totally different way. So the first song he took a stab at was Bozzy's Mine, and it ended up going viral. So he was like, wow, there's, there's really something here. Let's take an hour. We'll recreate a song, a hit song, and, and see what happens. So he did this with Dua Lipa and ended up doing with Post Malone and just a bunch of different major hit songs, songs that were already hits, and creating a new version of that song and posting it up on YouTube. From there, that's when he started to write and release his own music. Talks about that, how it was putting out songs of his own for the first time, especially since people knew him as a YouTuber that was mainly doing cover songs. He talked about the success of his first few releases and all about his brand new record, which is a concept album that he started writing during quarantine. He's released five music videos for the album so far, which all tell a cohesive story as well. So if you watch all five videos in order, it's a short little film about a boy and a girl and their separate journeys and how they met. And it's just, it's a really good, really good story. So the debut record is called Nothing Lasts Forever and That's Okay. He released five songs so far with music videos that all accompany it. Once again, telling a cohesive story. You have to check it out. And you can watch our interview with Blanks on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Bringing It Backwards, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with blanks. This podcast is about you, your journey in music, and of course, we'll talk a lot about the uh, new EP you have coming out. I just watched the four music videos and I can't wait to, to see what happens in this story, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So basically we always start out with uh, where were you born and raised? Born in Utrecht in the Netherlands, which is a city in the, in the middle of the Netherlands. 
Uh, I was raised in Groningen, which is a city which is up in the north. So we moved when I was, I think, two or three years old. Okay. And um, I, I kind of feel like I'm from Groningen, which is a city up in the north, because I've lived here my whole life. It's a, it's an amazing city. And uh, yeah, that's, that's like basically a, I where I spend all my time. Yeah, I'm not I'm – not, uh... I'm terrible at geography, man. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'm one, of those, I'm one of those Americans that just never have left. I mean, I've been to Mexico because I used to live in Cal or in San Diego, which I could like throw a rock over the border. Uh, but uh, when it comes to Europe, I love it. I just have yet to go. So tell me a little bit about the where you grew up because I don't. Is it a small town, big town? Tell me about it. Small town, like literally a small town. There's like a lot of fields, a lot of cows. It's basically you have a city, and then as soon as you're out of the city, you're in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And, um, but but the Netherlands is like really small, you know. So if you drive one hour, you're in the next city, and if you drive two hours, you're in Amsterdam, and if you drive wow. three hours, you're in the sea already. So the Netherlands is such a small country. Um, but yeah, basically grew up in between the fields. Uh, not a lot of people around. Not not very not too, not too busy mm-hmm. or, or too crowded. Very nice actually. How did you get into music? Do you have uh, is your family at all musical? Uh, we we always had a guitar laying around, and my my father played the drums. Um, and my mom used to sing in a school band, but she was basically all she did with music when I was growing up was play Madonna really loud. So that's <laughs> like, go. I got like a little pop influence for her. Um, but my dad used to drum in, in like rock bands and he, he played a lot of Muse and uh, Foo Fighters and, and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And there were always instruments around the house. So um, uh, my brother and I, for example, um, my brother started playing the piano and I, I picked up a guitar when I was, I think, like nine or something. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's you ever the, jam with like your dad? Um, yeah, I think so, but not too much actually. Okay, you know when you're growing up, it's not like a, not like a, a cool thing to do. I think or sure, like yeah. a little scary <laughs> to jam with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see him play? Like, I mean, was he in bands at the time when you were growing up? No, actually not. I've never okay. seen him play. That would have been fun though. Yeah, I didn't know. If I mean, maybe we jammed out to go check him out, like play like a show or something like that. Yeah, no, no. It was just, I think, around his 20, 25th. Uh, that was when he played in bands. But uh, when I came along, he was already uh, retired from the, the whole band life. <laughs> sure. Okay. So you picked up guitar, you said, around nine years old. What drew you to guitar? It just was in the house? And, and you said your brother was on piano. Uh, it was actually on a holiday in France. Uh, and my, my dad brought the guitar just to, to, you know, we're in a little cabin in the woods, so there's not much to do. So let's bring the guitar. And he knew how to play one song. And, you know, after a week of playing ping pong, I was like, okay, I want to try something else. Uh, what do you, so can what I, do you know how to play? Oh, this, I, I actually don't know. It's like, okay. uh, I have no idea. I can't remember. I can still <laughs> play it probably. If you give me a guitar, I can play it right away. But, okay. but he told me that song and I was like, okay, this is pretty fun. And, and I got the hang of it pretty quickly. So I was like, maybe I should like do something with guitar, take some lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I started taking guitar lessons. So you start you started playing lessons after that, and uh, yeah. did you? How quickly were you writing your own songs, or did you continue in the trying to learn other people's music? Took a long time before I started writing my own songs. I, okay. I used to play covers. Um, I think up until I was eighteen or something, and then I found like a school band, you know, and we played um, what every school band plays: the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the White Stripes, uh, you oh, know, cool. songs like that, blues, rocky kind of things. And um, and I used and I started singing too. So I was like the, the, the front man of sure. the, the bands. But we, we used to play like every school party and that was it. You know, outside of school, we didn't play anywhere until <laughs> I think we were like 17 or 18. And then we participated in like a talent hunt, uh, a national talent hunt in the Netherlands. Oh, cool. And we got to play on radio twice. 
Wow. So that was like, as that a, was like as my a cover first band. taste. Yeah, as a, yeah we, we had, for the talent hunt, we had to write our own songs. Oh, so, originals. Okay. I'm going pretty quick. So no, no, no. We, we used to play covers. And then uh-huh. I think when we were like 17, one of my best friends was in the band too. And he was about to leave uh, for Germany to go study there. So we were like, okay, we have one month, le- one month left. We, we play music all the time. Why don't we write our original song? So we were like, okay, before you leave, we have to write five songs in a month. That was okay. like our goal. So, so we did that. They all wow. suck, obviously, because they're the first songs you ever write. Not bad um, enough. I mean, you made it on the radio. I, I know, <laughs> right? So we, we got to play one of those songs on the radio. And um, I mean, they weren't good, but they I think they were still catchy. You know, they were like the melodies and, and um, I just love uh, catchy hooks. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was like, already a hint of there were like some catchy things in there which i really liked um so we got to play it on the radio and and that was the first time i was like wait a second this is actually something you can do sure you know get on the radio write a song and play it on the radio and then then we participated in the telehunt and got kicked out eventually we didn't make (laughs) it till the final round but but i still was like okay wait a second this Uh is something you can actually achieve sure did you continue with music like did you go to college for music or uh, did you take a different no, path? I, okay. I took a completely different path because my dad, um, my dad works in IT. So he, he's a programmer. Okay. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to be a programmer and I'm going to make like a, a hit app. You know, I'm going to get a million, sure. I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to write the next Flappy Bird or the next, you know, <laughs> Twitter or whatever. Right, right. So I started studying <laughs> uh, information science, which is basically, um, we have a lot of data. How can we use that? So mm-hmm. um, compl- something completely different. Um, and then during my first year of the study, I started getting into producing a lot more. So before that, it was just like writing and then recording whatever we played. Mm-hmm. But now I was like, wait a second. You know, I think Martin Garrix and Kygo, it was like at the peak of the EDM scene. And I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. This is really, really cool. So I started making kind of like tropical pop type of songs. And then I started recording guitars. And then, but I didn't know how to sound, how to make it sound like great. So I, I just spent a whole year learning whatever I could learn watching youtube videos and tutorials um and then throughout my study i actually found out hey wait a second i really like this music thing maybe you should try to pursue that more mm-hmm. and because you obviously have a, a big following on youtube did it start with just like how did because i know that's all part of music too i mean the, the <laughs> your yeah. youtube channel is called music by blank so uh was it did it start off as like cover songs and people just started gravitating towards it and then you started mixing in originals like how did that all kind of come together with with the youtube channel and with what you're doing now almost exactly how i mentioned only before that it was called simon's vlogs so i, I started oh, okay. out making making like little videos from my bedroom and then when I started getting into the production thing, I was like, okay, wait, I got like a, I had like, I think 10 or 20,000 subscribers at the time. That's so huge. I was making I mean, these that's vlogs. That's still huge. Yeah. I know. Right. It was crazy. And then um, I, I kind of like got, got bored, you know, because I did it for two years every Sunday. And I was like, okay, uh, making another video for my bedroom with like 10 funny things uh, about summer or something. It's just not interesting anymore. And at the time I was doing everything in Dutch. So oh. I kind of felt like a little uninspired. So I, I started doing more music and I was like, hey, wait a second, maybe I can combine these two things. And then I started recreating the songs in one hour. So covering popular songs and remaking them in one hour. Which yeah, was like a special. Awesome. Thing. Thank so you so awesome. much, man. Yeah. What, what was, Thanks. Well, before we get into that, because I'm curious, like, how did that start? Like, did you just do one and you're like, oh, this is really cool. I should probably like, film myself doing this so people can kind of um, get a behind the scenes look. 
I think I I remade a song one time and I was like, okay, let's just show, show people how how much fun it is to remake a song. And it was like, okay. what doesn't win in a time limit? And then I was just hanging out with a friend and he was like, maybe you should try to fit as many songs as possible in one minute. And we were like, mm-hmm. no, that's not going to work. It's too hard. And then he was, we were like, wait a second. What if we try to remake it in an hour? And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun, you know? Uh-huh. So um, I tried that once. People really liked it. Still doing this in Dutch, by the way. So okay. I tried I tried a few of those and then I remade um uh Mine by Bazzi. I'm not sure if you know the song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it do. was like that, that viral track. And then uh-huh. my Dutch video went viral in the States. And oh, everyone everyone wow. was like, Whoa, this is so much fun, but what language are you speaking, man? <laughs> and then I, I got a friend of mine to like uh make subtitles for every video, but when it went it blew up and it got like I think seven hundred thousand views in a week or something, which was oh, crazy wow. for me that back is then. Nuts. Still, by the way. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is this is my moment. I always dreamt of like becoming an international YouTuber, but this is the moment to actually like switch to mm-hmm. to English. And did and you worked. know English prior, or you said you had to hire somebody to, to type it out? Uh, I just hired someone because I didn't have the time because I was oh, okay. Also but you knew how to, you knew how to translate. Uh, you knew English. I knew English. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I used to watch vlogs all the time, so my my English was not too bad actually. Okay. So, wow. So this, this video blows up and then it's like, okay, now I have, you know, eyes on me and this is something that's working. So the first one you did was mine. And how did you follow it up? Uh, new, uh, no, wait a second. It was a song by Dua Lipa. And I think it was, um, no, 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 no. I don't give a fuck that song. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, I knew it was charting worldwide, but also in America. So I was like, Okay, let's try this out. This could be like a logical follow-up to Mind by Bassy. Makes sense. And sure. it, it actually did also really well. I think it got like four hundred thousand views. And that was wow. also a lot more than I used to get. And and there were a lot of international people coming in. So I was like, okay, this is a great move. Let's keep sure. it going. <laughs> yeah. And then while doing that, were you also writing your own music at the time too? Um it's a little when, when did that switch over? I think I think around that time I started writing like original tracks for just myself. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think I did like one year of those one hour song challenges and covers. And then I released my first like original, original song. Okay. Uh, was that? No, wait, like, actually not. It was a year prior to switching to English. So I, I released my song around the time, the first, uh, my Bazzy one hour song challenge. Yeah. You re- in, well. Your original song was in English. It was in English and it was, okay. it sounds so different than what I do right now. It was like, you know, the first song someone makes and I put it out because I thought I have an audience. Let's just put it out there. Uh-huh. I think you can find it, still find it somewhere on like a, a dark SoundCloud page or something, <laughs> but uh, I took it off all streaming. Buried on the internet somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Was that like, uh, was that nerve wracking to put out a song that was yours, uh, especially with having such a big audience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the first time you're used to sharing a video, which is basically sharing your personality or something, but but sharing your voice, singing words, is like a whole different thing. So I think it was really scary at first, but people responded so well. And I think it got to number one on the viral chart in the Netherlands. Wow. And back then the viral charts weren't that crowded as they are right now because you didn't have like TikTok and and, and stuff like that. So, but it's still, it was like a pretty big deal. And it, it, went, it was number one for three days or something. So it's like, what is going on? First song ever. Was that Kinda Don't felt Stop? Like a, or was that a different song? No, it was, I, it was way before that. So I oh, think wow. Like, way before that. Okay. 
a year, maybe a year and a half before that. So you, your first one you put out was doing really, really well. Yeah, I got. I think it got like four hundred thousand streams or something. Wow! As a first song, I mean, it was crazy to me. That that obviously validating, and you probably were like, okay, this is working. Let's continue. You I was know, like, this, this is, is my sign new path, of the universe. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. You're you're doing well, sweetie. Keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> so you just continue to to put out music from there. Yeah, yeah, and put out the vlogs and and trying to combine it a little bit. So. Uh, Wow, that's incredible. Were you playing ever playing out live or was it mainly just done online? I'd say all online. Maybe I played once or twice, but okay. uh, usually I was, I was just in the studio or either making music or making a video. Okay, okay. And you have a, your, your record coming out is a concept album. Yeah. So fast forward, the, I think uh, three years or something. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, let's, I, well, real quick, let's get there. Okay. So like 2019, yeah, yeah. you put out that, you put out, um, 2018, put, that was 2018. So 2018. Okay. You put out your 20, first song. 19. I'm like, okay, this is a blank sound. Let's delete everything so far. This is a restart. And I'm like, okay, okay that's don't stop. That's the first song. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was like when you decided, okay, it does don't stop sound nothing thing. like the first song you put out. No, I'd say no, no, not at okay. all. <laughs> it's really different. Um, so, so I don't stop was like a, a reset. And then I started releasing, um, original music every two or three months. So okay. like a schedule, uh, started making music videos for it, posting more about it on my YouTube channel. Uh, in the meanwhile, still studying, uh, still uh, making the covers also. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like after a year of releasing singles, I was like, okay, maybe, uh, everything was going really well. So, so we were looking at a tour and I started to play live more. And then uh, last year, March, COVID happened. And oh, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to keep out, keep putting out singles every two or three months. I want to do something different. Let's okay. make an album. And, and I just, I, I checked all the albums I liked and I was like, okay, it needs to be a concept album because that makes it more special. So I started uh, working on a bunch of songs and then I think I got like 50 songs or something. And um, wow. I started selecting like the best ones and I was like, Hey, wait a second. There's, there's some sort of trend going on. Um, and then, yeah, I came up with the concept while I was working on the songs, while I was working on the Were the they, were the influences other concept albums that you were looking at? Um, not like story wise or something, but I feel like, um, sound wise, for example, Currents by Tame Impala is, is an album I discovered two years ago in the summer. And every memory from that summer is like attached to a song of that album. You know? Okay. So I was sure. like, okay, this is, this is interesting. I wanted, I wanted to maybe sound wise, sound a little bit like that. Also eighties music. Uh, I used to go to these um, music summer camps and we would blast eighties music all week and I have a lot of great <laughs> memories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Ever. And I would I have a lot of great memories uh, also attached to the eighties music. So I was like, okay, I want to have like eighties references too. Mm -hmm. um, but then concept wise, there's not like an album. I'm like, that's, that's the inspiration for this. Right, right, right. It, it just kind of happened that way. So once COVID yeah, happened, just, obviously, I mean, you had a leg up. I mean, not, not because you already were, that was your, you're already doing all the online stuff, the YouTube channels yeah. and the videos. And, and a lot of bands had to kind of adapt to from going like release a record, do a tour, release a record, do a tour. You were already kind of in the vein of putting music out online anyway. Did you have to change anything you were doing once, once that happened or did you can kind of continue aside from being like, I want to put a record out is, did you have to pivot at all? 
I'd say almost no. Okay. I mean, because I was so lucky. I could just like keep up with my schedule. We were actually about to go on tour uh, through the States. We were in Los Angeles when, when COVID happened. Oh, so we, really? We, okay. Was, so you had a we US were, tour booked. Yeah. Okay. So this is like the, the craziest story. We were on stage at the Roxy sound checking. Uh-huh. And then we were like going through the sound check. And then the, the guy from the Roxy comes over and he's like, okay, guys, the mayor just canceled all the events from 50 people or bigger. So, and we were like, oh man. No way. We're, we're here. We're, we're ready to play. And then everything got canceled. And then oh we would also go gosh. to Dallas, Chicago, New York, all got canceled. So was that your first, was going to be your first show on the tour? Was, yeah. But also I think it, it was my like eighth show or ninth show ever. Okay. So, so I was like, it was insane. Everything was still so new and I was so nervous. And so like, Oh, everything is happening and we're here in the States and it's like a dream coming true. And at the same time, uh-huh. I'm like breaking down because I'm so nervous and then it gets canceled. And, and two days later I'm back home and I'm like, what just happened? Right. Right. <laughs> and, wow. But, but I had, I, I was, I'm, I was so lucky that I could just like fall back onto doing the YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. And I started writing more songs. Okay. So you're in the States, you're about to play, you're about to kick off your tour in Los Angeles. It was that your first show. That was the first day of the uh, tour. No, the first show was in San Francisco. We still got to play that one. Okay. But Where'd you play in San like, Francisco? I, I lived uh, up there for a while. Slims. Oh, rad. Okay. I love that venue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you played Slims. It was crazy. But a lot of people were actually not showing up. There was like a, a fairly big no show. And a lot of people were like, oh, COVID is happening. I don't want to hug you right now. I'm a little scared. Oh, so, so that we was were just like, it, Okay. So, so you had probably tickets really sold that people, and it wasn't a, the, the, the amount of people that showed up wasn't what the no. ticket show, sales showed. And that was probably kind of strange, right? Where you're like, okay, something's kind of happening here. And, and everyone, there was like this weird vibe, but that everyone was kind of like scared or something or anxious. Like, and I heard a lot of people saying like, I was doubting if I would come, but, but I was like, wow, it will probably be all right. Right, <laughs> right, right. I, well, we ignorant, ignorant Americans too. It's like, well, that doesn't happen here. <laughs> well, we we're just the same. Everyone here in the Netherlands was like, ah, oh, this is going to be like two weeks, maybe two months. <laughs> right. Right. When you were in the Netherlands, was it a bigger, were you more aware when you were there and when you, before you came to the States? Cause I feel like in the United States, like it happened really quick. It was like Tom yeah. Hanks got it and he was like in Australia and it was like, now it was yeah. like, Oh, it's a big deal. Now Tom Hanks has it. Let's all pay attention. It's real. But, uh, it was yeah. already happening like December, January, you know, before that. Was that something you guys yeah. were aware of or because I felt like mm. it kind of came out of nowhere for us. Yeah, I, I feel the same because we left the Netherlands and then there was like it was kind of like buzzing, you know. So we, mm. we heard some some stories about people who were getting sick and like a, a strange virus, but it was not like lockdown or anything or people okay. weren't really aware. Okay. Something bad is happening. Sure. So we were like, okay, well, we're going to the States because uh, we'll just see what happens in the Netherlands. We're out of there, you know? Right. Right. And then in the States, the first three days, nothing boom. going on. We were like, okay, boom, this is crazy. And then the fourth day, poof, everything oh. happened. Like the streets were empty and it was crazy. A, a then, trip getting home too, right? Like an airplane. Was that like I think weird? We got like one of the last airplanes back. Oh my gosh. So Schiphol, which is like the Dutch uh, uh, airport, completely mm-hmm. uh, empty. No people, actually no people at all. It, w- it was insane. Were there anyone on your, was there a lot of people on your plane or no? Um, I feel like it was 
pretty arm. 50%, 50 percent wow. maybe. And there were all these people like cleaning the seats and cleaning everything they have to they had to touch with like lotions yeah. and, and tissues. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? You know, and they were wearing <laughs> sure. masks. And I've never seen a mask before. So I'm like, why are you wearing masks in public? You know? Right, right. What's like, going on? So crazy to think back. Yeah. That is such a trip. So then you make it home, obviously, thank God safe and everything else. Mm -hmm. And is this when you decide to start putting together what became this this concept record? Yeah. So I so I, I wrote one song in the week I came back, put it out, and then I was like, okay, I think it's time for something bigger, you know? Okay. And then that's when I started. I think two months into COVID, I, I booked like a, a house in the woods just oh, for cool. myself. And I spent a week or two there just like writing songs, see what, what comes out. And a lot of songs I wrote there actually ended up on this album. Oh, really? So that's, uh, yeah, that's really cool. Do you, do you produce your own music and do everything yourself? Uh, yeah, most of the time. Sometimes I work with wow. other people, but most of the time I produce it myself. And do you play everything on there? And yep. Do everything. Wow. I, I do everything. Yeah. Dude, your songs are so rad. They're so catchy. I, I, Thank you. I, 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 I don't even want to compare it to anything, but it like, yeah, just like I was listening to it. I'm like, this is a cool, cool vibe. And then I started getting into the videos and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. What's going on with the storyline? So I want you to like, I watched them all. So I'd love to have you kind of describe, you know, where, where the story begins. And cause we're on a cliffhanger now, right? You just released, I'm sorry, which is the newest song, but there's no video yet. As far as I'm saw. There is, there is a video, video? but it, it just came out like a few days back. So you Did might it? Have How that. come I couldn't find it? Yeah. I just looked. It's on my uh, YouTube channel. I was on your YouTube channel. Well, now I have to watch it after now. I feel dumb because I, I saw the no song worries, and, I'm, and I couldn't find the vid. Oh, I just saw it. It came out six days ago. You know what happened? I went to the uh, Nothing Lasts Forever and That's Okay playlist. And it has yet. To oh, <laughs> and that's my fault. Oh, no. Oh, dude. I, I, oh. No, I'm, I don't mean to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> but now I saw it. No, well, now I have to go watch what happens at the end because I got uh, on the yeah. cliffhanger where, where I left off. You're at the camp. You're, you're on the beach and you and, confront uh, the medication. Yeah. So, so like, the idea for the music videos was I wanted to have like a, a, a concept in the music videos too. So every music video is connected. Okay. And um, so the album is called Nothing Less Forever and It's Okay. It's based on the Portuguese word saudade, which basically means like um, it describes an emotion or an emotional state of some melancholic longing to something that you will probably never have again. Could be a person, could be a thing, could be like a memory or a feeling, you know, mm -hmm. it's like bittersweet because to me, for example, I think back to a lot of great summer memories. I'm like, oh man, it was so good. And it's never going to feel like that again. You know, right. it's never going to be like that again. So it's, it's like a beautiful emotion, I think. It also mm -hmm. makes you more, uh, more present because you're like, okay, maybe this moment is going to be a memory like that. So mm -hmm. that's the, the concept of the album in a nutshell. And then right. I was like, okay, these memories, these great memories, there's always like a song attached to them for me personally. Sure, I think yeah. a lot of people have that. So I was like, Let's try to make an album that sounds like my memories. And then I was like, okay, for the music videos, I wanted to have that same uh, coming of age storyline that, that could be in someone that could be someone's life uh, where a lot of stuff happens, happy or sad, and there's songs attached to them. And those songs are my songs. Mm -hmm. So that was like the, the, the idea for the music videos. And I was like, okay, let's write a classic coming of age story. So I was Googling the coming of age storyline and there's like a, this hero journey, which I learned all about. Um, so the music video center out two people, Eric and Emma, and I'm playing Eric in the, in the series. Um, 
and Eric is like kind of the cool jog, but you know, the, the douchebag in high school, he, he can do like whatever you want. And then in the first music video, he gets rejected. Um, mm -hmm. And in the second music video, it picks up after high school. So he's like, he's working a job he doesn't like. He, he finds out, wait, in normal life, I have to be like a, a good person because otherwise yeah. it's not going to work out. Because he's, so he's in the like prom. Learning. Yeah, you're, you're set, like, yeah. In the, in the, to set the stage a little bit, you were, yeah, you're, you're the cool guy jock at school. Yeah. You get the date at the prom and, you know, everything's kind of going. And then it picks up with you working like a diner or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, and he's like realizing his home situation is not too good. And he's like realizing, oh, yeah. okay, man, um, I, I have to, to, to take control of my own life and I have to like find a way to make it better. Um, and that's when he meets the girl, Emma mm -hmm. and Emma is also going through issues. She, she's going through mental health issues. And, um, there was like two coming of age circles. I wanted to, uh, to write into the story. The first one is Eric who has to learn. Okay. I, I, can't be like the cool guy and make everything outside of high school. I need to become like uh, a person. Right. Right. And, right. Um, and he has to learn that and he makes mistakes uh, because he, he steals the medication. He, 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 uh, it, it falls out of the it bag. Falls when he out goes of her bag. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, wait, maybe I can be cool with that or something. You know, that was the idea. He was like not thinking. And then he regrets it and they get into a fight. And then eventually he's like, okay, I need to make up to, for this, you know? And in high school, he would have never done that because he's the cool guy. He can make whatever he wants. Right. You know? Okay. And then the girl, Emma, she's going through mental health issues. And I really wanted to show that, um, with the music videos, I hope it's, it, it, it gets the message out that, um, as a person, you are not defined by your mental health issues. I mean, a lot right. of people are dealing with that, but it doesn't define who you are as a person. And I would love, um, I w wanted to have that in the coming of age circle of Emma. That she's like realizing, okay, I can still be like my own person, um, separate from those issues. I might have them, but they don't define right. who I am or who I want to be. So that's yeah, like the, it shows the two her circles. kind of in the beginning and with, with the therapist and she's kind of timid and then, you know, it, that you see her opening up to this therapist and then he prescribes her the med medication and then it falls out of her bag. Right. And then you yeah. find it and you hide yeah. it. Yeah. He's so, like, okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so he, he finds so this. He doesn't know that of, she has this, right? No, it just falls out of her bag. And he's like, Oh wait, what, what's this kind of interesting? Maybe that's like a cool pill or something. He like things as the jock again. Um, and then they go to a party and everything seems fine. And they kind of like start falling for each other. Uh -huh. And then at the end of the party, at the end of the night, uh, things are like getting romantic a little bit. And then he, he, throughout the video, you notice that he, he regrets taking the pills. He doesn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. So he shows his friend like, dude, I found these pills in her bags. What should I do? And she sees that he shows those yeah. pills. And she's like, what are you doing? And then there's like the big cliffhanger. And yeah, yeah, so that's I can't where spoil I'm at. Too much because that's where I'm at. That. Yeah, so now I <laughs> yeah. have to figure out what happens at the end. So I'm at the part where she, yeah, she yeah. finds that she sees him in front of the campfire, you know, showing showing off the medicine. So, and yeah. then the last song on the record is is such, and I'm sure it, it's got to tie in with the video, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's a totally different sound, right? I mean, the rest of the record, a beat, yeah. very like synth bass, and I'm sorry comes in with it's piano. It's like a piano ballad, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. For me. So, so those are the first five songs. And next week when the album drops, the other five songs are going to be there. And for the album, I, it's a concept album, but I also wanted to challenge myself sound wise and song wise. So 
upbeat, happy, synthy is like my thing, you know? Right. I, I've done that. I've been there and it's great. But I wanted to show with my album, okay, I have like a, a bigger palette. So there's like a piano ballad in there. And there's also like a, uh, there, there are a bunch of slower songs in there. Songs that focus more on the songwriting part or, or and less on the happy, upbeat uh, catchiness, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm Sorry is definitely one of those songs. And it's a really special one for me because lyrically it's, very personal and honest and also production production wise we we i wrote it together with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and the vocal take is just like the, a one taker it's so the one really? taker from the moment we wrote the song and wow, um, we wrote incredible. that song in that cabin i just told you about in the oh, okay and wow. we recorded it it was summer the doors were open so if you listen to the song you can hear like birds in the background they're actually in the vocal take because it was that. the one take we recorded uh, but it felt so pure we we decided to keep it I love that. I love that. So I'm curious with, I'm sorry, in the video, I'm going to watch like directly after this because now I need to know what happens. Does the story end with I'm sorry? Is it, or will the story continue on in the next five songs? Are there five follow-up videos or how, how does it continue? Um, for now, the story ends. Okay. It's, it's an, I will not spoil too much, but it's like an kind of an open ending. So you can keep it okay. to your own imp- interpretation where the story will go. But um, story-wise, if we look into the album, I there are like 10 songs on the album. Uh-huh. The first five are in present time describing how you make the memories. So every song is like, oh, I meet you. You're so great. Blah, blah, blah. We have the happy Cynthia songs. And then it all comes crashing down with I'm sorry. And hopefully mm-hmm. it's good again. But it's the album is about based, uh, summer love, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing about summer loves is they usually tend to last just one summer. And then right. you think <laughs> back, you know, you think back and you're like, oh, that was so great. It, it's, it's a saudage feeling. Yeah, nothing lasts forever and it's okay. And the second half of the album is the reminiscing part. So oh. all the songs are written from a perspective where you, where there's a little bit more melancholic feeling to it. And, um, and when you listen to it, you're like, it's very, a beat sometimes or or happy but there's always this this feeling of it's not forever it's or it's going to end somewhere mm-hmm. so the, the first half is like the soundtrack of making the memory and the second half is the soundtrack of thinking back on it and being like oh man it's never going to be like that. that again yeah got you and is there i don't know if you can answer this but is there going to be a follow-up concept storyline between the next five songs for now, not, but we're, okay. we're open to brainstorm and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. I can't dude. I lo- the love the music you're putting out. It's thanks. It, it's so cool. It's so upbeat. And then with, with I'm sorry, I was like, Whoa, like this is a totally different side to him, but it's also a beautiful song. Love the videos. And I just need to watch the last one now that I totally screwed up and didn't realize because <laughs> <laughs> <It was> <laughs> I'm like the songs here. I'm, I played it. I'm like, it's on Spotify. And then I just didn't. Yeah. Anyway, that was my fault. Um, but man, I love what you're doing. And obviously you're keeping up with the YouTube videos and you're, you did a, a video I watched too, where you had your Instagram followers kind of help you write a song together, like yeah. super interactive. How do you, do you, I'm sure you enjoy that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a lot of fun. I'm in a musical playground and people just throw ideas at me and I'm like, I like that one, let's take this. And then, and it's also sometimes quite challenging because I present two IDs, for example, two guitar licks and I really like ID two and then everyone's like, use ID one. And then oh. I'm like, okay, um, 
I didn't see that coming, but yeah, let's try to come up with a song for, uh, for ID one. I love it. That's so cool. And you have a tour coming up too, right? Yes. So we're, we're leaving for tour in November, I think the sixth or the seventh. I'm not sure actually somewhere in November. Um, and there's a new tour coming up next year, which I'm allowed to tell you about next week, or I think in like two weeks, but it's going to be in Europe, a lot of new dates next year. Um, and we're also looking at the States, but it's a little harder. So uh -huh. I can't like say anything about that yet sure. but for next hopefully year. Get that, hopefully. That, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, those LA dates back and the Chicago date. Uh, I'm in Nashville. Hopefully great. you'll be able to make a, a trip here. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. Definitely. <laughs> well, dude, Simon, thank you so much for taking time to, to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, this is awesome. I have one more question for you. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, definitely. Uh, two things. Focus on the music. So just practice, practice, practice. And um, finish. I think that's like a really important thing. Just make stuff. And then in this day and age, put it out there. Because there's so many ways that people can discover you. Um, you don't necessarily need a label anymore. Just, so just find your social platform and share the stuff you're making and um, be critical of yourself, but not too critical. Like if you, if you do that, you can grow really fast.